Welcome to Living Water Radio. What is the church and who are its members? What is a church and who are its members? Today, we're going to find out how the very future of the Christian faith in the Western world will be influenced by how we answer those questions. My name is Pastor David Burkettall. My wife, Reverend Sally Welch, is co-producing this podcast. Sally is an ordained minister actively focusing on ecumenical and interfaith ministry. I served Lutheran Christian congregations in Compton, California, and in San Dimas, California, for over 40 years. Today, I'm filling in temporarily for pastors in the Los Angeles area, maintaining our yard as my gym, and I'm attempting to learn Mandarin Chinese. We are retired clergy and have over 80 years of ordained ministry experience between the two of us. Check out our first Living Water Radio podcast, number zero, Welcome and Introduction, for more information about us and this podcast. September 10th was God's Work, Our Hands Sunday in my Christian denomination. It was observed last Sunday, October 20th, in the church of which I am a member. It's a day for church members to do service projects for the community. I never made much of it in the church that I served before I retired. My thinking was that community service is something that happens all the time. It's a natural result of who we are in Jesus Christ. We don't need a special day. Anyway, a colleague said that the day should be called God's work. Period. That's where the attention should go. I can see that. Why then do we do it? I think we do it because it gives the community, at least the non-Christian community in our increasingly secular times, the impression that the church is good for something. It's a defensive program. I sat with an acquaintance who is highly respected in church circles the other day. We talked about the nature of the church. We hadn't seen each other in years, at least not since before the pandemic. I don't know him well, but I know he is a Christian. He spoke with admiration, as I understood what he was saying, for a prominent clergy person he knew who had said that the order that Christians traditionally have followed to invite non-Christians to come to faith in Jesus Christ was to invite them first to believe, then to behave, and finally to belong. But the clergy person he was talking about said, we have the order all wrong. Instead, he said, it was his practice to invite non-Christians to first behave, like doing social justice projects with the congregation and taking part in worship, including Holy Communion, and then to belong, like joining the congregation, and then, he said, maybe to believe. The volume of his voice went down a little bit for that last part. This is how I think many, quote, progressive churches see their work. But even churches who care about being the means by which people come to new life in Jesus Christ are sometimes not far from that same order. Many churches have built their ministry around an attractional model. That is, if we tell people that we are friendly, and if we have the right programs and buildings and grounds and an attractive leader who pleases people, and if our communications say all are welcome, then people will be attracted to our churches, and maybe they will hear the gospel and come to new life in Jesus Christ. It's sometimes expressed with the saying, and I've said it myself, the church is not a museum for saints, it's a hospital for sinners, which sounds right, but is a little off. 
I've come instead to believe that the church is built around a missional model. It is more like the paramedics than like a hospital. Paramedics go to where the wounded and the broken people are. They stabilize them, treat them, and transport them to a place where they can receive more specialized treatment and longer-term care. Missional churches are structured to bring people from zero to Christian, to disciple. How many churches do you know whose attitude instead is to shrug, our doors are open? Why then aren't people coming? Because the people outside of faith in Jesus Christ don't know that we have anything to offer them other than another social group that needs our time, treasure, and talent to stay open. For what? I think that the order of ministry for a missional church is first to believe, that is, to come to a living, life-changing relationship with the one true living God, the creator of the universe, the one whose presence makes me holy, the redeemer of my whole personhood. And that's it. Everything in the Christian life comes after that as a natural outcome, including the behaving and the belonging parts. Paul writes in his second letter to the Corinthians, in 2 Corinthians 5.17, So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. God makes us new. That is the message. We who were sinners are reconciled to God at the cross. We who were no people are now God's people. We who were dead in our sins are now given eternal life. Deeds happen in response to this. Behavior changes in response to it. But if we start with good deeds and behavior, then we have no power to be changed. We have nothing to offer but a social service agency that uses religious words. Instead, we offer transformed lives. How do we bring that message to a world that isn't interested? Ross Duthat in his book, Bad Religion, encourages us to live in ways that bear witness to our status as God's people, in the faith that was first handed down to the apostles by Jesus Christ, through holy living and the arts. Our behavior comes as a natural result of our relationship with Jesus Christ, revealed and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Christian life is not a have-to life, but a get-to life, a want-to life. It is as natural as it is for a fruit tree to bear fruit. Paul writes of this life in Galatians 5, verses 22 and 23. By contrast, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such things. We point the world to Jesus and to the fact that our lives have been transformed by him. We point to the cross, to the forgiveness of sins, to eternal life as a gift of God's grace. We are the church for whom the Bible's principal metaphor is the body of Christ. The word member is thought by most people today to mean a part of some group. But if you look at your accident insurance policy, it will say that you will receive X amount of money for the loss of a member. A member is a leg or an arm. It is a part of your body. We are members of the body of Christ. 
There is no place in the Bible where we are told to build church buildings, but there are many places where we are told to build up each other. Each of us receives a spiritual gift when we are baptized. It is not given to us, but through us for the body of Christ, the whole people of God. Why? Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 12 and 13, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until all of us come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to maturity, to the measure of the full stature of Christ. This is God's work, period, making us saints, making us holy, making us fit places for the one holy God to dwell. We just point people to it. You might remember Derek Fisher from the Showtime era of the Los Angeles Acres with Kobe and Shaq. Derek Fisher was my favorite Laker. He wasn't flashy. He wasn't a superstar. His name wasn't synonymous with the franchise. He was just the guy you called in when you wanted to get the job done. In other words, he was the most Lutheran of all the Lakers. I once shared that observation in a sermon. A man who had been coming to worship with his wife but who wasn't a member of the congregation later attended our pre-membership classes and became a member. He became a part of a stewardship effort and gave a stewardship talk during worship. He said, I used to come to worship regularly with my wife, but I wasn't a member. One Sunday I heard the pastor talk about Derek Fisher, and I realized that I have been a Lutheran all my life and didn't know it. But he had been a member of the body of Christ for many years before that. His faith came as a gift from God. I was filling in for a pastor at a local church not long ago and was receiving instructions from a congregation leader about some of their worship customs. I had noticed in the printed service that the pastor announces that all who are present are welcome to receive Holy Communion. I asked if that included the unbaptized. He lowered his head and replied, well, we are kind of a liberal church. Having no requirements doesn't remove roadblocks to becoming a Christian or participating in the Christian life. It removes their meaning. It removes that in which people are called to believe. The early church required three years of instruction before people could be baptized, belong, and receive Holy Communion. That's a significant requirement for membership, but it leads to the formation of a community that knows what it is and has received so much from God that it responds in action toward others. As Paul writes in Hebrews 10.24, And let us consider how to provoke one another to love and good deeds, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. We are a Christian community established by God. We invite people to meet Jesus and to receive life transformation that truly is life. We point to Jesus who changes lives for the better. We believe and then we behave, belong, and everything else. As John writes at the climax of his gospel in John 20 verses 30 and 31, Now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. 
Today, let's remember to pray the Lord's Prayer, the one that Jesus taught us. If you don't know what that is, contact us at therevsdavidandsally at gmail.com or send us a tweet to at David Burkadal and we'll send it to you. Send your prayer requests to either of the same addresses and we'll include them next time. Send your comments, questions, and concerns there as well and we'll respond to every one. As always, we encourage you to stay hydrated, to open your heart to receive the living water from the source, God's self, the living presence of the one true living God, the God who gave himself on the cross so that all who believe and are baptized might be restored to the living relationship with God for which we were created. Remember your church. Identify one if you don't already have one. Pray about it and ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. Ask a friend about it or a family member. Google it. Contact the pastor. When you have a church, go to or tune into the worship services they have available and support your church with your time, your treasure, and your talent. Pray for and support your pastor and church leaders as they seek to do God's will for your congregation. If you are having thoughts of suicide or are struggling with mental health issues, call somebody. Contact a friend or a relative. Google a local or national hotline. Reach out. There are people around you who will walk with you through this dark time into the light. You are not alone. Wear a mask when you're outside your home. Practice social distancing. Wash or sanitize your hands regularly. Avoid crowds if you can. And be outside if you have to be in a crowd. But most importantly, get your vaccines and boosters. It's the one thing you can do to literally save lives and get us back on track. Be kind to everyone you come into contact with. Everyone you meet today struggles in some way. Be a helper and encourager. Thank you for listening to Living Water Radio. We are here for Christians and for the people of the Los Angeles metropolitan area who are looking for a sense of Christian community, a source of hope, and a way to thrive together as we move into the new normal. We hope you'll tune in next time and invite your friends to do the same. Meanwhile, Sally and I encourage you to open your hearts to receive living water, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and stay hydrated.